hello. Welcome to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Rogers, and I am very, very excited about this episode because I have someone very near and dear to my heart uh, that I will be talking with today. He has been instrumental in my life and Joey's life and has been with us for all the major events in our life. So I would love to introduce the one, the only, Larry Rat. Davis. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. Well, I was so excited when you said you would do this because you, like I said, have been so involved in our life um, and in so many ways. So um, I'm excited to get into that. And just tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background? And, you know, how did you start? your career, your journey through life. Just tell me all of the things. Well, it's a very, very journey. I can assure you this. I was one of two children. My sister was 10 years older than I was. and So therefore, we were never really close because she always had to babysit for me and I was a pain. But uh, when I was born, my daddy was in the grocery business. So as a 12 years old, I started working in the grocery store. I also started delivering the Richmond Times Dispatch. I also worked at a summer camp in the summer. And in my 80 years down my journey through life, if you name it, I've done it. Uh, professionally, I've sold insurance. I was a licensed auctioneer. <laughs> I served 25 years managing in the garment apparel industry, which was quite an experience. And the most notable thing of my entire career, way back in 1967, in Borden, Virginia, a place called Lake Sleepwear, on July the 7th, 1967, I integrated the plant. We'd had a white plant, and we'd had a black plant. Mm -hmm. And boy, what a lesson in life that was for me. I was 25 years old. Right. And I stood up in front of roughly 300 people, mostly women, mm -hmm. and majority blacks, mm -hmm. and says, look, we have no white restrooms. We have no black restrooms. We have one new dining area. Wow. And everyone basically has a new workstation because we've had to change the workflow from coming to the middle of the plant to the west end of the plant. Yeah. So it would take a while today to find your workstation. I know it's gonna be a lot of change, but that's the way it is. I would like to have a little prayer and we would go to work. Well, I had roughly 30 people walk out, give wow. or take a few. So in a production <laughs> system, needs to say that Monday, my Production numbers were terrible, and when the New York office called at noon to get the halfway report, <laughs> my boss wanted to know, what are you doing? And I simply said, I'm doing what you told me to do. <laughs> but needless to say, in a few weeks, in a few months, everything went back, and that was a real learning experience in my life. 
Right. I served 25 years in the garment industry. I worked in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Nevada, and Kentucky. And a few years later, as the garment industry in this country disappeared, all the factories closed, you name it. Mm-hmm. Every little town had a soy plant or two. They all went by the wayside. And to stay and provide an income for my family, my last interview was going to Ocherias, Jamaica. Wow. With, jo- with jockey underwear. Wow. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's a real eye-opener. And that was not for me. And I've been very blessed in my life. I am 80 years old and I've never filled a resume in my entire career. Really? All based on your good looks, right? Well, I don't know. (laughs) And your hard work. I'm blessed. Yes. But in looking for a job in the garment industry in Nashville, Tennessee with Levi Strauss in 1991, excuse me, I happened to be an acquaintance of mine who worked for Estes Express Lines. Uh Uh-huh. And at the bar at the airport, we sat there talking, and what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for a job. And he says, why don't you come to work for us? And I said, well, we'll talk. So that was on a Friday evening. They had that staff meeting in Richmond on Monday morning, and Tuesday they called and offered me a job. So I went to work the following Monday. And that was the most enjoyable time of my professional career the 17 years I spent within. But in the year 2007, they wanted me to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota to open the terminal, and that was not what I wanted to do in my time in life. Right. So I took an early retirement to retire and play golf around the world. (laughs) And then a little place called Elmo jumped up in my life. Arbor Baptist Church. Yeah. I went there the first Sunday in June 13 years ago now to speak one Sunday. And I've been there ever since. My wildest dreams, everything I did, insurance, trucking, manufacturing, you name it. I never, never thought that I would become a pastor. Right. And I still don't believe it. But my story is this to my friends. I can't believe you're a preacher. I said, I can't believe it either. (laughs) But God called me. I did not call God. Right. And it's been the greatest blessing in my life, my church family. It's been a real blessing. I feel like I helped a lot of people. I met some wonderful people. And I've really enjoyed the friendship and fellowship that comes with working with good Christian people. My life has been blessed. I do not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm very, I have a cap, said blessed on the top. Uh-huh. I was at a place here in town the other day, and this lady walked by and looked at me, she said, how come you're blessed? I said, because God blessed me. She just turned and walked away, uh-huh. you know. If that's boasting, that's the way it is, but that's yeah. what I, I have led a blessed life. Well, you have blessed a lot of people's lives, and and I can say that firsthand as you married me and Joey um, in 2016, and and all the contributions you make in the community and, and hearing that story of all of the opportunities you had to go elsewhere, um, Jamaica, Minneapolis, and you chose to stay in this area. So 
I still believe Virginia is the finest place in the world to live. So that's yeah. my personal opinion. Yeah, well, Virginia's lucky to have you. So um, you're so fascinating to me and all of the twists and turns and everything that you've accomplished. And it just, and we just talked off mic um, right before we started about how goal oriented you are. Have you always been that way? Did you always know that you wanted more and to strive for more? Well, I say it is competitive. I've always been very competitive mm -hmm. in sports. I mean, everything I did, when I delivered the Richmond Times Dispatch in the little old board of Virginia, you know, I was determined that my paper would be delivered by a certain time each day, rain, sleet, or snow. Mm -hmm. And the big, this hole back there was my papers came from Richmond every morning. And a lot of times my papers didn't get there. Yeah. And people are calling, where's my yeah. paper, you know? And it was frustrating, but I've always tried to live up to what I tell people. And right. It's not always easy to do. And your mouth can overload you many times in life, and I've been that way too. But uh, I go back to what I've said. I've been blessed my entire life. Yeah. So. What is... What are some of, well, one of the hardest decisions you had to make in your career? And I, they say dealing with people is so hard, and um, you had to deal with a lot of people throughout your career and lead them. So what do you think was some of the hardest decisions you had to make and then some of the best decisions that you well, made? Well, being in management, you're always in the middle. Yeah. Number one, you're responsible to the high-ups of the ownership, and I dealt with that pretty good. But the flip side of that was working with employees. Yeah. And I was often criticized by high up that I tried to do too much for my employees. But as a manager, I was nothing without my employees. Correct. I used to tell people, I'm the captain of the ship. I'm here to guide the boat, not to rock the boat. But I don't row the boat either. You oh, the people that. that row the boat, and I can't go anywhere without you. So I love that, yeah. and I, it's so important here because I, I take all of this advice because growing a business is hard, and you were instrumental in you know helping. That, and, well, this day and time, particularly with what's going on in our world and our country with this disease and right inflation and you name it. This country's got some serious problems today, and anyone in a business today has got their hands full, I can tell you that. So. Right. And you now, so you retired, and you're a pastor for Arbor Baptist, and, and do amazing things. What I know you dedicate your time to other um, organizations as well, so talk a little bit about how you give back to the community now. Well, ever since I retired in 2007, I've been volunteering at the local hospital. Uh, it's been a grand journey. I have reached several goals, the 5,000-hour award, the 7,500-hour award, and now I'm shooting for the 10,000-hour award, and I'm well on my way. But there again, I enjoy being, I'm blessed to be at the front desk. I tell them that's because I'm beautiful. They want me there when people open the door. But I get to greet people. Yeah. And I'm a very oriented people person that people amaze me. To sit there and say, good morning, how are you? When someone is on a walker or in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. 
The answers you get back sometimes are quite startling. And most of the time, I'm not too good though I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but many times, people will say to me, thank you, I am blessed. And I've told you, that's a key word to me. Yeah. We are blessed. We just all need to take time to realize how blessed that we are. You look around, like I said, I have people in and out of the hospital, in and out of the wheelchairs, in and out of the car. So I'm not needing that help. Right. So I am blessed to be able to do that. And it makes me feel like I'm making a difference in someone else's life. Yeah, and you do. Like I'll keep saying over and over again, I'm just so blessed to have you sitting here right now. So I just am very excited about this and have all of the questions. So I'll try not to overwhelm you with them. But um, so your current goal is to get to 10,000. Um, and then I know that you're very involved in the Rotary. You've been involved in the Rotary for a long time, haven't you? I joined Rotary in 1980. Yeah. And the great thing about Rotary, that motto is service above self. Mm -hmm. Rotary is the largest civic club in the world, over 1.3 million people in 300 and some countries. And service is what Rotary does. It's not always up front, flashy, but we do make a difference in someone else's life. And the biggest thing Rotary has done since the early 1980s is a project called Polio Plus. Uh -huh. In the early 80s, there were over 300,000 cases of child polio throughout the world. In the year 2020, the last numbers I've seen, there were less than 30 cases worldwide. Wow. Polio has become almost eradicated right. in this world, not just the United States. But then, like everything else in life, recently, there was a case reported in New York State, yeah. and it's the first case reported in many years. And this is a personal thing to me. When I was in the fourth grade living in Farmville, Virginia, one of my classmates came down with polio. Huh. It was devastating in the late 50s, early 60s. And that class fixed him get well cards to go see him, and he was in that iron lung. And I can close my eyes right now and still see that picture. I mean, it was yeah. horrible for a fourth grader mm -hmm. to see that catastrophe. It was popping. It was making a grinding sound. And oh, my. He was just laying there looking up in the air, so to speak. And I, I will never get that picture out of my no. So I'm happy to say in my small way, I made a difference in the lives of many children by eradicating polio through the world. Right. I'm, one, I'm one of 1.3 million, but right. I've, done, I've done my share. I can show you that. So That's amazing. And we still have a Rotary chapter here in South Boston, yes. right? Yes, that meets how often? Well, Rotary's always met once a week, and that's always been a drawback. Everybody says, I can't meet every week. Nobody can. Mm -hmm. But the evidence there is if you don't meet but once a month, how much can you get accomplished in 12 months? Right. So by meeting weekly, we're aware of events in the community. We're aware of what's going on with Rotary internationally. And it's real interesting, Alyssa. This year, for the first time in Rotary, which was founded in 1905 in Chicago, the international president is a lady. Really? That's amazing. Truly amazing. Yes. It's come a long way. Come a long way. 
Well, not so much in this country. Again, I joined Rotary in 1980. Women were first allowed to join Rotary in 1988. And if they had not have done that, I don't know if they would still be going today. But even then, I went to the International Convention in Philadelphia in 1988. And a lot of countries boycotted just because of the women being allowed. Right. <coughs> but like I said, Rhoda was not as alive without the women, that's for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. well that's, that's really great. Mm -hmm. And um, I encourage anyone to join the Rotary. Well, and we, we need some new members. We need some younger members. Yes. Well, that's great. What what's a, um I like to ask everyone, what is uh, a motto you live by? To do the best I can with what I've got. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. And sounds like you've done that. Well, I try. <laughs> and and I know that we talked about um you know, right before we started that and this is a fun fact I learned about you that you've been to every state but two. And so what are the, the two that are missing? Montana, Wyoming. And you're going to Montana soon, right? I'm making plans to do so. That's on my bucket list. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. Was that a goal that you set? And, or it just kind of happened and you said, wow. It just kind of happened in my professional career. And it, you know, I don't have any great abilities. Here I go again. I'm blessed. Yeah. And that's worked for me all these years. Yeah. I try to be positive and uh, I look around each and every day and I realize how blessed I truly am. So. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. I'm excited to talk to you when you hit that last state, that Wyoming, and say you did it. So <laughs> I'm really excited for you. Not I many people can say they've been to every state. I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. Around, so. Um, so we have a lot of listeners that are just starting their careers or are you know trying to work their way up the ladder and grow in their careers so with all of your knowledge and um, the amazing things that you've accomplished in your career and even your volunteer work what advice would you give um, others that are trying to work their way through what's the number one piece of advice to be prepared and what tomorrow may bring like I say as I look back in my life uh, the areas I went into to make my living, I never even dreamed of doing, and certainly not being a pastor. Yeah. Uh, I still do not believe that, and I just thank God every day that he allows and puts the right words in my mouth on Sunday morning. But uh, you never know what tomorrow may hold, but don't give up on today. That's my advice to anybody, so. Yeah, and I have to know, because I don't know the answer to this, and I feel like I know you pretty well. How did you get the nickname Rat? Where did that come from? I'm a junior, named after my father, and that was his nickname, so being yeah. a junior. My father was one of 17 kids. Wow. You don't see that too much. No, anymore. you do not. And born in 1912, one of 17 kids. I just cannot imagine. No way. The lifestyle. And I learned from that. I was blessed. My dad yeah. used to tell me, boy, you're blessed. And as a young kid, you don't always believe that, but that word has been in my vocabulary for a long time. So. Yeah. Um, 
So I like to end all of these with my favorite question. If you could have dinner with one living person outside of your family, who would it be and why? A living person? Mm-hmm. Oof. I've got a lot of friends. Yeah. I've lost a lot of friends. Yeah. And that's a pretty difficult question. I'd have to think about that a little bit, but it's probably many people I would like to say that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough question. Yeah. It really is a living person, because mm -hmm. at 80, a lot of my dear friends, of course, passed on. Yeah. But, uh, I'd say this, uh, he probably wouldn't believe it, but Rob Estes, who is the chairman okay. and CEO of Estes Express Lines, he's the third generation of the fifth largest trucking company in the world. Came yeah. from a real strong Christian family and he's done a great job in building his company and he was always a good man to be around and always a good man to talk to. And I haven't seen him in years, so I probably enjoy having lunch with him one day. Maybe we can get him to listen to this and maybe you guys can go out to dinner. That would be cool. That would be great. Yes. Um, well, I just... I really appreciate you being on here today oh, and, you ask me. and I just feel so blessed that you are spending your time with me you I'm so excited that we're doing this in this building you blessed this building um, as we uh, moved into it in our beautiful office space and um, you just mean so much to me in my life I look up to you I just appreciate you taking your time out to check on me, to be supportive of what I have going on. And I know that I can always call you when I need something. And I just am so honored to have you on here. Well, so. You're a very ambitious young lady, and I think you're pretty goal-oriented. And I think you believe, too, that you're blessed. I do. Absolutely. And and all of our listeners, you know, take it from Larry. He... he goes above and beyond in everything that he does. He went above and beyond on, in his career. He goes above and beyond in his volunteer work. He goes above and beyond as a pastor. I highly recommend you attend one of his Sunday services. You will not be disappointed. He's very um, fun to listen to and um, speaks in a way that you understand and just has a great community there. So I highly recommend you attend. And if you have any questions um, about any information from him on how to volunteer at the hospital, how to join the Rotary, or how to attend one of his Sunday services, reach out to me and I will be happy to get with Larry and get that information to you. Wonderful. You're always invited. Yes. And um, doors are always open. Yes. And I promise it'll be a good time. So um, it's a great community. Uh, well, again, thank you, and thank you everyone for um, listening to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. You can find uh, this podcast on anywhere you stream it, and I would really appreciate your feedback and a five-star review, and if you could hit that subscribe button, that would be great, and we will talk to you next week. See ya!